Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode of the Gregor's Ministries podcast. We're so excited to have Anthony Washington and Miss Patsy Caminetti joining us today. Miss Patsy is from Australia. And Anthony, where are you at? You're in Michigan right now? Travis City, Michigan. I'm at the Living Faith Group. <laughs> it's so good to have both of them back with us. We had a great conversation last time. I believe it was about a month ago. And we were talking about yielding to the Holy Spirit. And so I encourage you, if you didn't have an opportunity to listen to that podcast, go back and listen to it on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and listen to that again. But Miss Patsy, I wanted to ask you, you know, how are things there in Australia with you and, and the church right now? Well, I'll start with uh, the way things are naturally, and then I'll graduate to the way that they are with us. Yes. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, Australia has been uh, really blessed in that um, there's relatively, comparatively to other to other nations, we've we've had hardly any. Well, I don't want to I don't want to uh, trivialize the ones that have had it, mm -hmm. uh, but we've had very very uh, small numbers. Queensland, where Tony and I live, have had extremely small numbers. So, um, like I think there was, there's only been in this state, I haven't checked recently, but I think maybe only eight. And until maybe last month, it was only six this wow. whole time. The state of Queensland is um, probably like one fifth of America. Wow. So it's, but there are very few humans <laughs> in the whole, in the whole, island which is about the same size as continental u.s okay. um, um but it is only 25 million people oh wow so but they're very they're very protective and so everyone who comes into the country has to quarantine for two day uh, two weeks i did <clears throat> when i came there a year ago came to the states and flew back i had to quarantine for two so what they a lot of the numbers that they do have currently anyway are numbers of people that have flown in from someplace else and mm -hmm. are in quarantine <clears throat> very rarely does that jump out and get into the public but when it does they close everything down mm -hmm. and so uh you can't in you know uh supposed to not not be out and about except for food or you know essential things so our church did that a year ago we we were closed down for a while and that's when we got online mm -hmm. and we'd been talking about going online for two years kind of just you know should we you know should we not mm -hmm. and then suddenly in two days we did yeah and we're so glad we did so it really wasn't that big of a deal God's blessed us with a good team of people but uh, <clears throat> it took us a little while but every liberty that Australia gave for meeting you know with numbers we took it and um, and then it has closed down I think two times since then mm -hmm. uh, or has been restricted where we are there's been other places that are restricted less restricted more uh, but that's where we are. And so um, 
Yeah, so Australia's done really incredibly well as far as uh, it not impacting that way. Yeah. But it everybody's impacted because we live actually in a world that if one country's impacted, others are. So right now there are uh, 9,000 Aussies in India. They're Indian Australian citizens okay. who've not been able to get home. Wow. And um, some for a year, they've not been, they won't let them back in. So it's impacted in an odd way. It's like, it's restricted. And as you guys know, I've, I, I have a daughter and son-in-law in, -law in uh, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Right. And praise the Lord for technology. Yeah. And I have, I have parents and other family, but parents uh, my mom had just turned 85 and my dad is is um 87 or going to be 88 in his next birthday and and they're saying that we can't come back until 23 or 24 so you think uh it, i'm talking about in the natural that just yeah. impacts people because uh then is the next time i see my parents going to be in heaven it's just been i've never had that here uh, I've never had that. We've Tony and I've lived outside of the country for 28 years. Mm -hmm. It's always been my choice to be where we, I mean, and Tony's. It's our choice. And we've chosen it and delighted in it and mm -hmm. never uh, felt, honestly, before the Lord, never had one day of homesickness. Never. It's just been a, the mercy and the grace of God. Mm -hmm. But with this restriction of being for, it it took it away from choice to yeah. there's no choice. There's no choice. You got to do it. Got to be there. So yeah. that did, I had to make an adjustment. I'm just telling you the truth. And oh, I had to yeah. do something in my, which I navigated with my, my parents and um uh just got in the spirit you can get in the spirit about anything mm. there is a way that that we as the body of christ can see anything and if something is stealing your joy is depressing to you is uh um is causing you consternation then we're just not seeing it the way he's seeing it mm -hmm. so <clears throat> so I had to, I had to make a transition from seeing it the way, the yeah. way that, you know, you just see it as a human yeah. to, uh, to see it the way that he wanted me to. And so I have made that and, and uh, yeah, we're good now, but um, I just, boy, I tell you, it, it makes your heart go out to people that are dealing with it in different ways all over the world before uh <clears throat> before this situation the world has only participated on a i mean in a in a global way with things like world war mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and in limitedly i suppose economics or something because what happens kind of does filter down and help affect other people. But in this thing, whether people believe it's a 
full-blown pandemic or not. And there's different opinions about that. But it really doesn't matter because it still is, a, is affecting every nation on the yep. earth. And so I think we can really, really ride on that global awareness. And I think consciousness of the other parts of the body it are heightening in this time as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are not just national. Mm-hmm. And we're not just even on earth. Mm-hmm. Part of our body's in heaven. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, the, the mentality of the body of Christ has had to get up out of the world and get up into God. Yeah. We're still doing that, and we will do that, and the days ahead of us will require it. Yeah, yeah. So, good, yes. because the higher up there we get, the more the more supernatural we become. Yeah. And Miss Patsy, your your church has been able, you, like you said, uh, been able to operate in at least some capacity during this time. And so, how has things been with you know the people that are coming and? People, you know, I, I know that you mentioned before we started that there's still people getting healed. There's people yeah. saved. There's more people coming. So tell us a little bit about that as well. All right. Well, uh, Tony and I went uh, had some time away, and the Lord really put on His heart that we were to to increase in yeah. everything. So we started Sunday night services uh, two months ago which we never, we didn't have Sunday night services. Well, and to focus on uh, worship, just have whole worship nights, which we did uh, Sunday night was, oh my goodness, amazing. Mm-hmm. And then from out of that worship, we're able to pray and, okay, worship this, the second Sunday night is healing. And so, of course, we love healing, but healings have increased, but not just in those healing meetings. We have them in healing. Oh, just some great things happening right in the meetings. But also um, through the church, more people are getting people healed. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's been amazing. The third Sunday night is prayer. And we are activating people in prayer. So it's just, that's been wonderful. And the fourth Sunday night is uh, looking at Christian worldview to bring everything through the eyes of Jesus. And, um, and then the fifth Sunday when we have it, this, this year we're going to have evangelism that will be activating people more outside of the church so yeah we're loving it so we're we're actually really thriving we've we've gotten healthier as a church and so have uh grown and um my goodness yeah so we meet on sundays uh we meet and we have two sunday services and then we're online and we have sunday night as well wow it's great I love that. And I really feel like this time, the last year or so, has been an opportunity for people's roots to really go down deeper. Mm -hmm. We maybe not have been able to expand our branches out as far as we want to, but we've been given the opportunity for our roots to go down deeper. And so 
we've spent this last year, what seems like a restriction eventually is going to produce an amazing harvest because I really truly believe that there are mature Christians that are being you know, really birthed out of this and what's happening. So we know that anytime something that comes against the body of Christ, we always go further than ever we ever were before. <laughs> and so I, I feel like it's important for everybody right now to not be discouraged because, you know, Anthony, I know, like you said, you know, even your wife hasn't been able to go back to Canada. My wife hasn't been able to go back to Brazil. And so there's this time for about a year where people have been locked down, what seems, but it's really given us an opportunity to really dive into our relationship with God and get to know him intimately in a way that we haven't before. And sometimes we have to make that discipline ourselves to do it, but it's almost like these natural restrictions have almost forced us to make a decision. Are you going to do it? Or you gonna because you don't have as many excuses as you did before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of removed some excuses and, and really kind of given us two choices. Are you going to do it or you're not going to do it? And so I feel like uh, we've been given that opportunity. But Anthony, I want you to kind of talk a little bit about, you know, what it's been like for you and how you've really handled everything, especially having a wife that's not been able to travel and how you've dived in and you both to coming together in an agreement and prayer and whatever you have on your heart. Well, you know, it's been very interesting, you know, for my wife, um, of course, because being in America, you know, I can just still go over to my state, but for her, um, you know, going to Canada and just, I mean, it's just so much that, you know, that's happening and the borders closed and I, you know, we've really had to rely upon the grace of God. Yeah the grace of God that enables us from being defeated. Yeah. And so even though, you know, and like you say, Ms. Pessy, thank God for technology. Thank God that you can WhatsApp and Zoom and you can, uh, you can still meet together and uh, through technology and see each other, but there's still nothing like that tangible, being in their presence, giving them a hug, um, so it's been, it's been very interesting. And like I said, we've just relied so much on the grace of God. And I know this, this season and this time has definitely pushed me um, into just a deeper relationship with God and just, yeah. you know, just really my communion and my fellowship with him. Um, because it's like, you know, you have to trust the Holy Spirit to help you navigate through something that we've never had to navigate before. Like, where do yeah. you go read about it? Where do you go? But I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit knows everything about everything. <laughs> and so he, he can help you, um, you know, navigate through this time. So we've just relied on the grace of God. And, and, and you know, it's so helped. And I, I, I mean, I just I have to give a shout out. It's so helped being at Rhema during this time. Being around other believers who are just willing to stand with you like Josh and just being able to have a family. Yeah. really have a family and people you know they talk about the rhema family the rhema that i mean we really it really is a family and so even though your you know your um, mother your father that type of family feel but at rhema it's so it's been refreshing to have that family feel that family vibe yes. just being able to you know we're we're spiritually family we're spiritual family together we're We've been brought into the uh, body of Christ and fellowship by Jesus. And, and so it's really been encouraging, you know, to really be around a ministry that teaches you 
that no matter what's going on around you, you can't be moved. You have to contend for what you believe and what you know to be true. And that's the word of God. And so that's been refreshing um, being around that. So I believe a, a lot of that has helped us. Um, a lot of that has helped us um, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves, yeah. whether it was, well, it's so funny because I tell people I never was in quarantine. I never had to not miss, you know, like, because I, even though church was closed, I still was there. We still had to sing and do our thing. <laughs> so yeah. I never really experienced, you know, the quarantine, but um, it's just been refreshing to just uh, really get to know God, even in a greater way in this season. And yeah. one thing too, I think that, uh, is important to know i think that people have come into realization is that i can't rely on my family or anybody else to fulfill me during this time because it's almost like whenever we gave our heart to jesus you're saying i'm laying it all down i'm giving my whole heart to you and you can the world can take anything else away but as long as i have you and it's kind of almost testing that because we we've given our whole heart to God, we're following after his plan and his will for our life. And whenever everything else seems to be taken away, where is our trust? And where is our hope? And where is our fulfillment from? And it's so hard to be away from true family members and to be away from our loved ones. But it's really almost been, I feel like a, a testing ground of, is this real to you? Yeah. It, is living in the spirit a reality to you? Is you being fulfilled and complete in Christ a reality to you personally? Is it something you've heard about your whole life or has it become a reality to you? And so, and I, I think it kind of goes back to meditation of the word of God because we it's so easy to wake up and be discouraged and to look at our natural circumstances, but you've got to meditate. You've got to force yourself to wake up and say, you know what? Today's going to be a good day. Yeah. If the only reason is because I'm connected to God today, God is with me in this very moment. And sometimes you've got to cut, wake up and you've got to encourage yourself and just say, you know what, God, you are with me in this very moment. No matter what I'm facing, no matter what it looks like I'm lacking, you are here right now. And as long as you're here, that I am complete in you and I am fulfilled in you and I have joy in the Holy Ghost. And so, Miss Patsy, I, I would like you just to kind of share, you know, one thing that we had it on our heart to talk to you about is prayer. And I would love for you to kind of just share a little bit about, give us some keys, some, some, some insight into, you know, developing our relationship with God through prayer. What are some things that you could recommend or, or just encourage us in how we can develop our prayer life with God, especially in a time that may seem challenging in the natural? Um, that's a good question, Josh. And I was thinking about that the, this morning, actually, as I was driving in here to the church, um, as I was talking to the Lord, <clears throat> you know, Paul said something. Paul said something uh, in 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter. He said, I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. And I think those, and then I will sing with the spirit. I will sing with the understanding also. Um, let me hook that together with um, the fact that um, you know, what Brother Hagen would say is it's the greatest privilege that a believer can have is, is to be able to talk to God yeah, and um, not talk at him, not just put orders in mm -hmm. and 
go down the pike a little bit and receive orders out. Um, you know, you don't have a relationship, an intimate and precious relationship with the, the person that you put the order in at McDonald's or Starbucks. And mm -hmm. there's not a relationship. You don't gaze at them in their eyes and you don't, you don't hang around the window that you receive your stuff and hear what's on their heart and you know talk about deep and meaningful things over that over that speaker mm -hmm. uh, and so when prayer is reduced to that we're completely missing the point yeah and uh, and so i think that a, a maintenance of the personal aspect of your relationship with jesus it feeds your business relationship too mm. and um so uh, Jesus, as our master and model, and an example, prototype of a, what a child of God looks like, he esteemed about every relationship, he esteemed his relationship with his father. Yes. And, um, and he talked about being in the father and the father in him. Yeah. And where that, that kind of... Um, that, that kind of narrative had never been heard. I mean, you know, it was just like, what is that? I'm in the Father and the Father's in me. And then he went on to say, so that you can be in me and I can be in you. And it was all of this union thing mm -hmm. uh, rather than just, you know, uh, what would you call it? Like uh, being in a harness to work for God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was supposed to be so much more than that. So going back to praying with the spirit and praying with the understanding also, I think both of those kinds of prayer used purposefully and with intention has helped me get it out of a religious rabbit trail yeah. and get it really really personal with him i love to pray in other tongues mm -hmm. and there are places i go in other tongues uh, that and you can't you there aren't roads to go to those places with your understanding mm -hmm. you've actually got to uh you've actually got to get in the spirit but the point is is getting in the spirit and so sometimes i think that people pray in other tongues and never get in the spirit Mm. Although praying words in other tongues, their consciousness is never in the spirit. Their mm. consciousness is stuck to this realm, mm. to the time, to the surrounding, even what they're praying about. They hone in on it and are very detailed on it. Mm. And, and Brother Hagen, in a really simple um, uh, definition, of what it is to be in the spirit it's where you're you become more conscious of god and spiritual things mm -hmm. more conscious than you are of natural things and you can be more in the spirit or less we've all experienced that yeah, yeah. you can be slightly aware of of god but easily distracted with other things but then, you know, then there was John in the book of Revelation who was in the spirit yes. on the Lord's day. Lord's day. 
and he heard a voice and he saw somebody. So uh, it, it takes over your spiritual senses. You become uh, tremendously heightened in your spiritual senses. Well, if believers never get there, they're missing out on half of the half of the, <laughs> the activity. No, not that, not half, more. Because you think, see things as they truly are from God's standpoint of what God is doing, but you also see clearly see what the devil's doing. Mm-hmm. And you you see you have spiritual perspective going back again. So praying in tongues is an incredible way to navigate in the spirit those spiritual roads. But it's important to get in the spirit. Sometimes I have found that praying in the tongue in, in tongues can help me get in the spirit. Yeah. But then there's been some times when I've been praying in the spirit, my mind is still really active. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How about you guys? Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's like your, your tongue is on automatic pilot. And you're just going for it in other tongues. But your mind, if you could chart your mind, and if everything that went through your mind came out on a graph on a ticker tape, it'd be like, really? Yeah. I oh gotta my. Get to the store. I need this. This is, oh, I got to do that today. I got to do that. Oh, yeah, I got to call them. <laughs> and the more that we pray in other tongues, the more we are, uh, we're capable of carrying both things on. Yeah. And that's not the best way to pray another tongue. Mm-hmm. Wow. There's a more fruitful way. Yeah. I was just, I think we, before we started, you actually had said something that just, that really just, it just went right to my heart. And you said, to carry people in worry is never good. Mm-hmm. And how you, there was a situation and, you know, it was trying to really, you know, you were thinking about it, you know, and maybe trying to figure out what to do. But then you got up and you didn't just stay in that place. You didn't just, you knew that there was something that you were going to have to do if you were going to experience victory over what you were sensing. And and I just, I don't know, is, is there something, be, I really believe that also, that is also coupled in learning how to pray in the spirit. Yeah and hold people over in the spirit and not in their worry. I just never heard it put that way, you know, not holding people in worry, but learning how to, I was telling my wife, we were praying about something. And I actually got this example from Brother Hagen. I heard one of his teachings and he said he was praying about something and he, he recognized that the Holy Spirit wasn't taking hold together with him. And so can you just kind of explain how to help maybe people navigate through times when, um, like you say, you woke up, you were worried about something or learning how to recognize when I'm praying and I'm praying about something and I'm praying, but I'm noticing that there is no real, uh, okay, this may be a, a rhema term, gusher. I don't know if people would know Yeah. <laughs> You know, where you hit that gusher. And so it was like, for an example, this morning, Miss Lynette, oh, we had such an amazing time of prayer, praying for God's plan for this city, for this 
this state here. And it was so interesting because at the beginning of the prayer, we were praying and you could just tell that everybody was just kind of like in that autopilot and she's leading us. And all of a sudden she said something and she took authority over something. And it was like, boom, we were, we were no longer just in autopilot. It was like, whoa, okay, we're in the spirit now. Like, <laughs> and you could sense it in the room. You can sense the people hook up. And so how important, Ms. Patsy, is that being able to recognize, okay, you, that that part in prayer where you feel like maybe you're praying and you feel like, well, it's kind of like, I feel like I'm spitting cotton. It's not really <laughs> going anywhere versus contending until you do hit those gushers and he takes a hold together with you. Because I know sometimes it's like, well, I prayed for two minutes and I just gave up, you know, I just like, so how important is that? It's very important. It's very important. And I think you said something that I'm going to, I'm going to spring off of. Um, and then also hook it up with what I did when I got up, you know, I was telling you guys before we started today, and that is using not just praying in tongues, but praying with your understanding. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, and then I'll hook that up with, with, uh, uh, Miss Hagen, uh, because I, it's something that helps with regard to praying corporately in prayer. Mm -hmm. the, um, so I used, I use, I like to use other tongues, but if you're starting, if you're just spitting cotton, sometimes what you can do is back up, back up and approach it in faith. Mm -hmm. And that was something that I learned in praying with Brother Hagen sometimes. He would, rather than just jump into the swimming pool of praying in other tongues, he would preface it with the word mm. in prayer. Today, I, pr I am praying, because, and I am praying the best that I know with my understanding, and then do pray with your understanding. Uh, lift it up with your understanding. What praying with your understanding does is it helps you to actually either uh, you'll either stay in the realm of cliche and just say thank you jesus we praise you lord oh god we just magnify you we oh, praise yeah. you well you can say that without even thinking mm -hmm. and um, but pray that engages your your whole person and even worship that you, you you're not just in cliche and you're not just turning your prayer over uh, uh, to pray in another tongues because you're too lazy to pray with your understanding you know what I mean mm -hmm. so you pray intentionally with uh, in worship today I, I started just talking to the father about these are all things that help you get over the log yeah. and stop doing cotton talking to the father about being the only wise God then I it, a song came up and I started singing that song to him and now this is things I do by myself. Yeah. When you're praying with somebody who knows how to get into the spirit, just stay in the bus. Mm -hmm. They'll help you get in the spirit, you know. Yeah. If you just stay in the bus, yeah. you'll look yeah. out the windows and you'll see things yourself. But they're they're with the Holy Spirit driving the bus. They help provide that spiritual mm -hmm. unction or um whatever it was that. What was it that you said? For me. When. Yeah, yeah, that when there's sure. the Holy Spirit, huh? Like the gusher? Is the, that gush, the, gush, 
Yeah. I got you. Yeah. So yeah, when you're praying corporately with somebody who knows how to get there, then just just stay with them and you'll go in the spirit too. But to activate individual believers where you're in your car, you're in your house, you're waking up in the night, mm -hmm. how do you get in the spirit? And so I, I have found that using uh, worship yeah. or talking to the Lord in my understanding with worship or with casting the care on the Lord, Mm -hmm. uh, telling him what it is and I learned that uh, in praying with brother with brother Hagen and when he pray in a corporate setting about personal things he would he would speak it in other tongues yeah I've seen because Lynch it wasn't anybody's and but you knew that he was talking to him about something yep 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 I've seen Miss Lynette do that yeah yeah, but yeah. she knew what she was talking about. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. Right, right. But um, but when you're talking by yourself, mm -hmm. when you're in your kitchen, <laughs> when you're in your car, it's okay to say, "Father, I'm I'm praying about and name your child." Mm -hmm. And and you said in your word it to not worry or fret or have any anxiety about anything. And to tell you the truth, I am worrying and fretting and having anxiety about everything about this thing. Mm -hmm. So to get out of that and into, into your word, you said to cast this over on you. And, and this is what I know to pray. And I pray your word. But then, uh, then you get to the end of that and you say, you know, Romans 8, 26, I prayed what I've known to pray. And now I, I take hold together with Holy Spirit. Those are just some little tools to help you transition mm -hmm. and do it with God, do it with God. So you're not talking at God, talking at him mm -hmm. or talking at a problem, mm -hmm. talking at the devil at this mm -hmm. level. When you talk to him, you want to be coming down at him mm -hmm. and him forcing something on him mm -hmm. but uh, yeah i i say let's take everything paul said pray with the spirit pray with the understanding also mm -hmm. sing with the spirit mm -hmm. sing with the understanding also so i was singing a song and then i started singing in other tongues and then and, and that was on my way this morning mm -hmm. so i i think those things when you get out of the car what you're aware of is him yeah. yeah. You want to carry a consciousness of him. Yeah. And whatever you're conscious about is what you surround people with. You know, Brother Hagan would, uh, would always say, we surround somebody with whoever it was. We surround them with faith and love. Mm -hmm. Well, literally, it's the truth. You, you wrap them like a, like a swaddling with whatever you're thinking about them. Yeah. That's why worry is so toxic. Mm. This, is a, this is a really plain example, guys. But um, there is a, a, a Rhema pastor up in Iowa, I, Iowa, yes. And they have fostered heaps and heaps of kids 
and um, she got a little foster child. This has been years and years ago. And she said that that little baby, it was an infant, but uh, it had been rescued because, and found in an automated swing. Mm. And its diapers hadn't been changed in days. So its little, little body was all ulcerated and because its own waste had started eating it it was too toxic yeah yeah so so what you what you you call that abuse that's called abuse yeah when you don't remove somebody's you know the problem away from somebody wrap them with something clean Mm. and fresh and keep things clean keep it clean so what we do when we worry about somebody is that something is going wrong with them. Something, they're struggling with something. And it's like a dirty diaper. Yeah, yeah. And what we do when we worry is we keep it around them. Wow. And it's abuse. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and so sometimes we think well, we love somebody so much that we're worrying. No, mm-hmm. no. If you love them, Get the dirty diaper off. Wow. I love that analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so that's such a good analogy. It's terrible, isn't it? That's pretty ugly and graphic. But people get the point. Yeah. Gets it across. And I never thought about the fact that me just worrying about somebody, but not actually taking any type of action is uh, is essentially abuse. Yeah. It's abuse. What am I surrounding them with? Yeah. So we want to surround them with faith, which mm-hmm. is the word of God. Mm-hmm. And then you come up into the love of God, not just your love. Don't wrap them with just your love. That doesn't mm-hmm. change them. Um, it, 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 it's like talcum powder, but it's not wrap them with the love of God. Yes. It can't fail. Well, then get up into the love of God where there is no fear. Yeah. God's not afraid. God's not worrying. And he's not afraid. We'll get up into his love and then surround them with that. Mm-hmm. So part of that can be done in other tongues. Part of it I have found has to be navigated in my understanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And one, one, one thing. Go ahead, Anthony. There was a hush that fell over the entire church. There was. <laughs> But it it is something, you know, and what I was just thinking about, too, is just that when we pray from a place of worry, it's not faith. When we're worried about somebody and we if we have to even when you're going to God, when you have that worry, you have to check your heart Mm -hmm. and say, am I coming at this because I'm afraid for them? I'm worried about them. Or am I coming at this from a place of being in faith about their situation Mm -hmm. and about who you are to them and in their life? Mm -hmm. And so, Miss Patsy, I wanted to ask you how if you are worried about somebody when you wake up in the middle of the night and you maybe you have this thought of, man, I got to pray about them. How do I get from a place of I'm worried to I'm now standing in faith for them. How do I make that transition point or where can I find that transition point? Um, I'm really glad you asked me and that it circles back around to what I did this morning and that I jumped in. I was so excited when uh, I just met up with you guys. 
um, what I did this in the middle of the night was I got out of bed because sometimes you can lay in bed in a physical restful state, but a spiritual and mental state, you are absolutely in turmoil. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's not good for them, but it's not even good for your own body. Yeah. Get up. Don't lay in that puke. Mm. Get up. Change your position if you can. Change your position. And um, I went to went down in the kitchen because this has become something that I do with the Lord. I got I got in the went in the kitchen and got my communion cup and I got a piece of uh, bread and then I and I got the word and um, so what I was telling what I was telling you guys before we started and, and Josh you brought brought us back here again the um, the Lord's Supper which Jesus said to do this as oft as you as oft as you do remember him <clears throat> and sometimes we have made that a real remember him oh I love you Jesus let's not diminish the work that he did yeah. by only remembering it. Let's use it against what is trying to keep us. Use it in a fight of faith. Yes. Use the bread. Use the cup. Yeah. To help get our attention that is bolted in, because that's what worry is. It just riveted to thinking about something. What, uh, what communion affords us is the tools to unhitch from that and lift it up to Jesus. Because if we can look unto him, he is the author, but he is also the finisher yes. of our faith. So, um, so I have found that communion for me is a way to remember him and to worship him, but it's also a tool for faith. And it is a weapon of my warfare yes. against what's trying to pull me out of faith. So it's the only thing within Christianity that is, well, we have baptism that is a symbol as well, but we do that once. But he said, as often as you do it, like you can do this every day. Mm -hmm. the The power is not in the in the wine or the cup or the grape juice or the you know whatever somebody. It is not in that juice. It, it's not in the bread. It's in the body, and yeah. it's in the blood. Yeah. It's so powerful that the body and the blood is so powerful and so pinnacle and so pivotal mm -hmm. to get us out of, of worry and into faith out of despair and into joy out of defeat and into victory everything leverages on jesus work everything does so he gave us something physical 
-hmm. that we can hook up with and then transition into the spirit. Mm -hmm. So I did. Yeah. Went back to his bed and slept. Yeah. Slept, slept. Wow. You do you guys know that that one song I was thinking about? Um, we remember all you've done for us. And we remember your sacrifice for us. We remember and worship you always. As we eat this bread, we worship you. And this is as we drink the cup, we honor you. And we offer you our lives as you have offered yours for us. And we remember your covenant with us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We remember your sacrifice for us. And we remember and worship you always. Mm. Oh, Anthony, oh, thank you, Jesus. That's so wonderful. You know what he said to me this morning when in communion? He said, he said, because I, I was holding the bread, I was walking around the living room, I was holding the bread. I found the more that I was more conscious of his body, I was less conscious of what I'd been worrying about. He said this about the, the body, you know, he prepared himself a body, Hebrews says. He prepared. Why? The body was such a tool of, it was a place to dump humanity's rubbish his body was i walked by a sign the other day uh just it's yesterday walk. actually i walked by a sign that said no dumping rubbish here mm. there's go to the appropriate uh refuse dumping site and the Lord reminded me that of that sign when I was holding the bread this morning. He said, this was the divine dumping site. Mm. His body was. Of everything that was broken, diseased, defiled, addicted, disappointed, disillusioned, this was the divine dumping site. Isn't that amazing? And he received it. So we can say, I am not, I am not a dumping site. My body's not a dumping site. My mind is not a dumping site. Yes. His body was that dumping site. And he received it so we can reject it. So it's just so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, and Anthony, when you were singing that, it just, it brought me back to just remembering that whatever I'm in awareness of is what I put myself in position to experience. Mm -hmm. Whatever I'm aware of, I put myself in position to experience. Mm -hmm. So when I'm aware of the sacrifice that Jesus paid paid for me, I put myself in position to experience that sacrifice on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And it can now become a reality in my life. One thing I've learned is that the truth does not become true because I believe it. The truth becomes true uh, reality in my life because I believe it. Whether I believe it or not doesn't change the fact that it's true. Mm-hmm. Jesus paid that the- is so good. That is good. Me believing it doesn't make it true, but me believing it makes it a reality in my life. And so whenever I put myself in remembrance of what Jesus did for me, I put myself in in position to experience that reality. And, you know, one thing that's amazing to me is that Jesus gave his life before I ever asked him to, Mm -hmm. before I even needed (laughs) I I love that. Before I made a petition to him, before I asked him for a thing, he gave his life for me. And so how much more I am confident that if there's any need in my life, if there's anything that I need, that I need taken care of, if there's anybody in this world that I need to pray for or need to see relief or, or just breakthrough in their life, how much more he's already prepared the way. Because mm-hmm. he's always made the way before I've ever even petitioned him for it. And so I, one thing I always go back to is, Jesus, you said yes to me before I said yes to you. Yes. So how much more you are willing every day to continue to say yes to me, no matter what it is, his promises are yes and amen all the time. And so it, it, you know, I feel like it takes the pressure off when you feel like I'm not trying to to twist God's arm to move on my behalf. (laughs) He willingly gave his life before I could even ask him to do so. He willingly did it. So whenever I petition something or I'm going to him in prayer, I'm not trying trying to twist his arm to get him to do it. What I'm doing is I'm just coming to an agreement with something he's already done. And I believe we are the enforcers, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel, and I, I may have said this on the last podcast, I don't remember, but I feel like we're the policemen in this earth. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a spiritual law that's been put in place by God, and we are the ones that are here to enforce it. Mm-hmm. And Anthony, I don't know about you, but I've never gone over the speed limit. Not <laughs> one time. <laughs> right? Not even, not even two or three miles, right? But... <laughs> I don't think any of us here are innocent of that. But when we do go past the speed limit, there's someone there, a police officer that's there to enforce the law, right? Whether or not I go above or below the speed limit, that's still a law that this is the speed limit. But when I break that law, there's somewhere there to enforce it. Well, there's spiritual laws that we are healed that we're provided for, that we're saved, delivered, we have peace. And when something tries to come against that, there has to be a police officer there to enforce that law. And that's us. We are the police officers of our own life. We have to be the ones to enforce that law or else people are going to run rampant. They're going to go 145. You know, you've got to be the police officer over your life. And and that kind of goes back to knowing the word for yourself. Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful time. Yeah. Oh, I love that. In that song, Josh, I had to write those things down. Those are (laughs) such good statements. 
um, that he that in that song, Anthony, where does it say that he mm-hmm. offered up? He offered. We offer he you our lives. Offered you have, as you have. We offer you offered our lives yours, as you have offered yours for us. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing. Mm-hmm. I see him doing that for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And offering cool? his life for us, offering his life for us wasn't just embracing us or even put his healing hands on us how it played out in his life and then his death burial and resurrection offering himself was um opening up and receiving yeah not just us but everything wrong with us yeah yeah oh don't we love him for doing that and it killed him i mean you know all of that sin and then god judged it in him in his body mm-hmm. how precious man josh i love these statements i bet you get other things like this too you probably <laughs> need to be do you write these down i do yeah Good. It, it seems to just be like a, a sentence at a time like a, a phrase or something and i'll just write it and yeah josh this these this is really good you guys i have been so blessed to be with you again except for i want anthony to sing some more yeah, Anthony, <laughs> Anthony, we we got about two and a half minutes left. Why don't you take us out with the song? Miss Patsy said that this song. I, I don't know why the older songs come in, but they just do. And I'm gonna sing it. I'll start the song, um, and it says, "I love him. I love him because he first loved me." And he purchased my salvation on Calvary. I love you, mm-hmm. Father, I love you, because you first loved me, and you purchased just my salvation on Calvary. Hmm. Man. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anthony, do you have something more? Are you <laughs> I feel like you. I feel like I see you rolling around with something a little bit more, and you're like, "Should I?" Okay, yeah, I'll sing this with this one last song. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and this is we don't have to slay a lamb anymore. We don't have to sprinkle the blood upon the door. Someone has taken the place of the lamb. His name is Jesus, the great I am. He's the great I am. 
He's the great I am. His name is Jesus, the great I am. He's the great I am. He's the great I am. His name is Jesus, the great I am. Hmm. We don't have to slay a lamb anymore. Man. We don't have to sprinkle the blood upon the door. Someone has taken the place of the lamb. And it's Jesus, it. the great I am. Man. We did it. Anthony, I know you say these old songs, but those old songs preach. Even if you just preached word by word, those songs, man, it's got power in them. And There's it's cool because as a young child hearing them, you know, you just hear them in their songs. Yeah. But when you come to know Jesus, they just move from just being songs that you learn to like, wow, I was taught this as a young child. And now as an adult, it's becoming more and more of a reality to me. You know, someone has taken a place of the lamb is Jesus. You know, he was the dumping, his body was the dumping spot. Oh, Lord have mercy. mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, we, we've had such a great conversation today. Miss Patsy, we, we just want to thank you again so much for joining us. It's always great to have you be on with mm-hmm. us. And Anthony, thank you for joining us from the hotel today. I know you're traveling <laughs> as well, but it's a, always an honor to have you both. You guys are such a blessing, not only to ourselves and our ministry, but to the body of Christ. And so we're just so glad that you were able to, to hop on today. Thank you, Josh, for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. Love you, Miss. I just feel so refreshed being with you guys. Oh, it means so much to me. Yeah. So you get good. of virtual meetings, going to different places. <laughs> oh, so awesome. we've been with him while we've been yeah. with each other. Yes, yeah, so true. And I just, you know, wow. Boy, I like you guys. I oh. like what I like what comes out of you guys. Whoa. Oh, wow. We're so thankful for oh. you, Ms. Patsy, and, and everybody that's listening. Um, if you want to go uh, find out more about what her and her husband, Tony, are doing, pa- Ms. Patsy, what's the website that they can go to? org. Uh, all right. So go to CaminityMinistries.org. I know you guys are also on Instagram and Facebook. So go follow them. They're always constantly posting great things. And so you're going to want to go follow and keep up with everything that they're doing. So until next time, Miss Patsy and Anthony, it was great to talk to you. And we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Bye, Thank you, Josh. Bye, Anthony. Bye, Our love to the Hagans. Yes. <laughs>